Transplaner RPG is proudly sponsored by at Dimitri Opines on Twitter. That is at D-M-I-T-R-Y-O-P-I-N-E-S. And Explain Trade, a negotiation skills training consultancy believing in the power of D&D and Transplaner's potential to grow, tell great stories, and lift up our community. Explain Trade trains negotiators for governments, big companies, NGOs, and offers e-learning courses for individuals looking to get a better deal from their boss. Level up your charisma score and check out explaintrade.com. Hey there, thank you for tuning in to Trans Planar RPG. We are an all transgender, people of color led, 100% homebrew, Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition live streamed actual play campaign set in an original non colonial anti orientalist world. I am your game master, Connie, my pronouns are they, he, and she, and my cast is as follows. C. Thomas plays Oka Hien, an Osamar Bloodhunter. Max Guo plays Dewey Quirk, an Aarakocra Artificer. Erica Flaidlin plays V. Scherzo, an Elf Sorcerer. Valiant Dorian plays Vasca, a Yuanti Bard. Hamna Shahid plays Jaron Cotter, a Dragonborn Rogue. Dare Hickman plays Gentle, a Triton Monk. Quinn B. Rodriguez plays Sitlali, a Changeling Cleric. And Austin Knight plays Abiku Ishtar, a Reborn Goliath Ranger. So, with that out of the way, here are the content warnings for this episode. Content warnings for this episode include complex and complicated relationships, romance, flirting, references to sexual entanglements, death of loved ones, grief, trauma, and fantasy violence. Arc 6, Episode 9. Blessing, Transaction, Gift, Burden. From On the Island of Adopted Children by Sarah E. Chin o- Oka? Uh, v- Voska? D- Dewey? Sitlali? Mercy? Oka? Who are you? What do you want with me? What do you want with my friends? Hey, hey, hey. I'm not gonna hurt you. I promise. Sagu, it's me. I don't know who you are. It's Shuhai. Shuhai? But that's impossible. You're not... You haven't been alive for half a myriad. How are you... Who... Is this the Godchart's doing? A simulacrum of a history fractured and repeated and... The Godchart called for my help reached across space, across time, found me in a crucible. When I arrived, past, present, and future melded in my soul, I saw a path I hadn't walked yet back in my own time after the stranger left. I saw my destiny. I saw you. Uh, uh, I, I'm, uh, I, I'm sorry, did you, did you say the stranger? Yes. I am, was, will be, fighting the stranger in my time as you are trying to hold her back in yours. The Godshard pulled me out of the battle. I need to fix this. Stop the cataclysm from ever starting in the first place before I can go back to helping my friends. You, but, uh, wait, so you have two Sens within you? A whole one and the Godshard? Ever the inquisitive mind. I've always loved that about you. Or, I suppose, I will always love that about you. I haven't met you yet, technically speaking. No, 
I have just the shard in me. I lost the whole Sen somewhere along the journey here. I don't think the same god can exist twice in a single timeline, but I could be wrong. This is uncharted territory. So, I... Did you say soulmate? I did. Is that... I mean, scientifically speaking, is that is that a fact, or... Uh, but that you, you were, you were, you were around 5,000 years ago. How, how could I have been there? I mean, unless you could be a reincarnation of yourself, like this Oka is of me. Oka's a reincarnation of you? <sighs> Unfortunately, I felt it immediately as soon as I laid eyes on them. We share the same soul. Am I of a reincarnation of Sagu? I'm not sure, Sagu. Your soul is the same as the one I haven't met yet in the past, but you also look exactly the same. There are strong physical differences between myself and Oka. I'm taller. Uh, and yet none between the Sagu I will meet after I go home and the Sagu I see standing before me now. You are basically the same in appearance. So, what does that mean? Am I... Who, who, who am I? What are we to each other? And, 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 and if you, if you fought the stranger, what, what can you tell us about her that we don't know? What are her strengths? Her weaknesses? What does she want? Why does she just leave? Uh, one moment, my darling. I thought I told you to fuck off! Is that Oka? Uh, Oka! 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 Can you hear me? I'm okay! I'm just talking with Shuhai. Uh, apparently they knew me in the past. They're telling me about the stranger. I think we're getting somewhere. We just need to sit down and... Sh Shuhai? What? What, what, are, what are you doing? Why? Why are the stars moving? <sighs> They're meddling. Bothersome little half-grown whelps. Uh, uh, Shuhai, I, I don't know if that's entirely necessary. I, they're reasonable people, and, and they're good at what they do. Can't you just let them help? But is, is that a Tarask? That should keep them busy. And if they're truly good at what they do, like you say they are, a tiny little Tarask shouldn't be a problem, no? I, uh, well, when you put it that way, um, I, I, I suppose not. And uh, again, Shuhai, I don't know if this is entirely necessary. Oka is your successor, after all. Maybe if they took the God Shard, they'd be able to help. Sagu, Sagu, Sagu. I'm here now. You don't have to settle for my shattered successor. Let me fix this, okay? Just relax, have some tea. I I disagree with your assertion that Oka is a shattered successor, so to speak. Uh, the Paragons now are, well, they're doing their best. So is Oka, and all we want to do is save Endake, so can't you let us help? What? What's going on? What's, what's happening? <sighs> Nitbuza's frozen fucking titties. My successor is throwing a fit. Apparently, they can't even get past a single Tarask, so now they're breaking reality. My apologies, Sagu. I'll be right back. Uh, but, but, but... 
Oh, oh, you're back. That was fast. Your friend in this time are very annoying, Sagu. I much preferred your social life during the Great Rebuilding. Are, are my friends okay? Uh, Oka? Where, where are they? Uh, wait, what social life? Oh, well. Well, you didn't exactly have one. Uh, you were aloof back then, very idiosyncratic. Odd, even. You seem to have adjusted a bit more in this time, but you were quite the odd duckling. I like that about you. Oh, uh, well, I, uh, how's the tea? Uh, uh, good, good, uh, the tea is good, good, uh, 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 uh where, where, where are my friends? Where's Oka? Oka this, Oka that. I'm here now, Sagu, you don't have to worry about them. What spell are you casting? Is that, are you trying to unwrite the cataclysm? You've always had such a sharp eye for magic. Yes. Yes, I am. But that's... That's ontological spellwork, Shuhai. It's reality magic. It's dangerous. You could shatter entire timelines, hemorrhage planes. I know what I'm doing, Sagu. I'm a paragon, remember? As long as no one interrupts me or fiddles with the spell while I'm casting it. It'll be fine. Relax. Uh, but... Oh! <sighs> you again. And on that, Shuhai Miao cocks their head to the side, and their eye lands on you, Oka. What do you do? Oka is not even looking at Shuhai, actually. They are looking at Dr. Luso at the tea table, and I think as they warp back into reality, they continue to hate that sensation, um, but they stagger once and then use that momentum to immediately go toward the tea table, and I think they kind of like clunk against it, right? Uh, on the other side of where Dr. Luso is sitting and having tea. Hitsagaten, uh, uh, are you... Oka, are you okay? Oka, uh, yes, yes, I'm perfectly fine. I've just been drinking tea and, and talking with Shuhai. Uh, are you, are you okay? And uh, Hitsagaten gets up immediately, like puts the, the teacup down and like g goes around the table to, to get to you, like checking you. I think their hands like go on to your face. They like check down like your shoulders, like down the length of your torso, like examining you for cuts and bruises. Uh, I feel like Goku got punched like once or twice. Oh yeah, they have a bruise from Mercy. It's fine. Uh, they have a black eye. It's, uh, I I'm fine. Are you sure you're okay? Are you? Are your, you... Your, your face did... Shuhai, did you attack Oka? Nope, uh, I did. Uh, says Mercy, sort of like waving, <laughs> waving from behind Oka, uh, standing next to Sitlali, Dewey, and Voska. Uh, oh, oh, but why, what, Oka, what, what happened down there? The glass, the shattering, the reality spindling in every direction. I have no fucking idea. Are you okay? Yes. Yes, I'm, I'm fine. Shuhai was just telling me about the, the stranger and, and why they're here and how they got to be here. And um, I guess they, they, knew, they knew me. That's, it's, that's beside the point. But, but now that everyone's here, Shuhai, please, can't we just talk? <laughs> I don't talk to failures. You may have made your way up here. Fine, I'll give you that. But you're still not worthy. Just let me work. 
uh, says the past Paragon of Sen as they continue to like rot this beautiful glowing green spellwork all around their body. Like these delicate strands of like glowing strings of magic just flowing in the air around them, almost like they're an orchestral conductor pulling various notes of magic out of the air and stringing them into new compositions. Really? Are you serious? Do you know how many times I've almost died trying to get here? Do you know how many people I've loved who have died so that I could get here? That's a pity about all the people who have died putting their hopes in a shattered vessel such as yourself. Just sit down, have some tea. Let me take care of this. Let me fix this mistake of yours. It's been almost a year. Does it take you that long? A year? Huh. <laughs> I suppose time flies when you're looping it back again over and over and over, but I'm, I'm close. I can, I can feel it. I must be close. Just, you're distracting me. And they sort of like cock their head to the side dismissively and like fling like a palm up. And you see this like swirling brand of just like sigils, like almost form like a protective dome around them as they like almost like put like noise canceling headphones on essentially, right? Like and dome themselves off with all these like sigils glowing in like a semicircle around them as they continue to work. Is this the kind of conversation you've been having this whole time? Uh, no, no, they've been, they've been very upfront with me. Oh, so it's just me then? You just have a problem with me. Well, I didn't fucking choose this either. Destiny chooses us against our will, appoints certain fates for us that we, if given the choice, might not have decided upon ourselves. And sure, I'll give that to you. You might be my successor. We might share the same soul. Fate might have chosen you this time around, Oka but I'm here too. And when the god shard of Sen called out for its paragon for help, for succor, when the cataclysm occurred in your timeline, it did not reach out to you, it reached out to me. And it was you who failed to protect us in the first place. Failed, failed. You dare speak to me of failure. It took you a year to get here, Okahien. You say I failed to have stopped the cataclysm, giving myself a year to work. Well, why did it take you eight months to get here too, hmm? You don't even have the excuse of being flung out of your own space and time. Don't I? Don't I? With a shattered fucking soul that I just made myself, how was I supposed to know where to go because you were here instead of guiding me? <sighs> One look at you and I can tell you still do not deserve my guidance. Fate might have chosen you, but I do not recognize you as my successor. You couldn't even beat a measly Tarask. You expect me to entrust the care, the safety, the future of Andake in your paltry hands. I don't think so. All of you new paragons are shattered echoes of what we were. Embarrassment. So are the gods. Shattered pieces of what they used to be. We suit each other now. <laughs> Shattered as you might be here, you are no match for the stranger in your current state. Much better if I just, if I, if I turn back the cataclysm here, then there's no way she could come. This is, well, this is her influence. The lack of stars, it's miraculous. She hasn't even arrived yet in your time, it being a year. 
Don't mess this up for everyone, Oka. Let me work. You couldn't even work in your own time. You wanna talk about broken? You were complete. You got the whole god. You got all of destiny. You had all of the paragons. You were all together. And you couldn't beat her either. So what do you intend to do now? This is not your time, this is my time. <sighs> Who told you we couldn't beat her? Hmm. Oka looks at Dewey. Uh, Carvach? Carvach. And Shuhai's eyes like slide off of Oka past this like half dome of spellwork whirling around them and land on you, Dewey. And sort of like how they looked at Bosca in this memory of the Silent Grove. It's like they're looking past you at something inside you. Like they're not seeing you, they're seeing Carvach. Ha! <laughs> you. Everyone called me cynical, but no. You were the one. Hmm. You were the one who always harbored doubt, weren't you? Juan Ustoy swore us to secrecy. And you broke it, didn't you? Uh, I can't speak for... I don't want to speak for Karaj. Um, but it seems like keeping the secret between the, th the three, eight of you, um, didn't go so great, and... If I've learned anything, it's that we can, we can all use all the help we can get. Juhai, you lose yourself. Keeping a secret kept your legacies in the dark. Yes, destiny chooses what it will. Yet here we all are, vessels upon vessels, charting our course. You lose yourself. You. And Vaska looks over to Oka, looks back over to Shuhai. You forget yourself. <laughs> I forget myself. I forget myself. I am splintered, shattered across two different timelines, fighting the same fight, holding back the literal fucking apocalypse. And you accuse me of forgetting myself? You so couldn't let people even help. I will not take help from the likes of the five of you. So who will you take help from then? Shall we go find them for you? Just sit there and let me work. You're exhausting. Uh, they ignore you and they continue to sweep like the spell around. I think this like bubble around them growing denser and denser as like more sigil sort of a latch on coming out of like the weave out of nowhere, just glomming on like snowflakes against a snow globe. And as that happens, I think all of you sort of feel the weave start to tense as like time continues ticking onward here and like the cataclysm is approaching yet again, right? And they're going, oh, no. It's not quite right. They're like moving pieces off and putting pieces back in. Like they're trying to find, find the, the trick. They haven't quite yet figured out, right? But the key is to turning back the cataclysm, even though it's taken them a year. Ugh, paragon of change, you really are a stubborn asshole. GM, can I recognize any of this spell work? Or like, what kind of magic is this? What, what, what it do? Can what I do it do? Like, what do uh, it do? Yeah, why don't you roll Arcana? 25. 25. You don't recognize it. It is not a form of magic that exists in the modern world. Uh, whatever kind of arcane power 
Shuhai is weaving seems to be a more like ancient or almost like forgotten practice. But I, I think like as your eyes are scanning, like the various sigils coming down, you don't recognize any of them. They're like written in a tongue you don't speak. And like the way they're doing magic too is like super old. It's like really like no one here practices this kind of like magic anymore. It's like a forgotten um, oral tradition or like a forgotten dance form, right? That just like not enough people practice anymore. So it's gone. But Shuhai does, and they're doing it now. Um, and I think seeing your eyes, like, looking, like, scanning, trying to figure out what's happening here, Dr. Uluso actually sort of, like, leans in next to you, but next to the dome, and says, Uh, Oka, this is, this is ontological spellwork. It, um, regards the fundamental building blocks of what comprises reality. Shuhai is trying to rewrite reality here so that the cataclysm has never occurred in the first place but it's dangerous it's volatile it's like trying to thread a, a needle in the middle of a storm and there are a thousand different needles and you have to pick the right one and if you pick the wrong one it all collapses so they're trying to find the right needle i suppose and you sort of see Shuhai like putting the sigils into this puzzle piece, like this dome they've ar arranged around them, and then no, rearranging it, and then putting like shooting one out and then pulling another one in. Well, obviously they can't do it without. Uh, and I think without even finishing that sentence, Oka cuts their palm, uh, like on their own like arm on culling edge. They just kind of swipe it across their arm and stick their hand into the. They stick their hand into the wall uh, because. They only understand how to do magic if their own essence is tethered into it. This is like necromancy, right? You're trying to build reality without any kind of life force. That's ridiculous. And that's just the immediate answer that Oka goes to and they stick like their, like to, it, I imagine it's kind of like whirling around them so that the blood then like is in the spell. Yes. In the spell work. You, you just, you do it without asking permission, without saying anything. Your hand sort of dips into the swirling, lambent spell work, just netting, almost like a, like a thick, cross-together cobweb of just magical symbols swirling in this dome. You stick your fingers in, like sinking your hand into a fast-moving river, uh, and you see your own blood shoot out in like a long red thread and start to wrap itself around uh, the spell work. And and you see your blood cut through sigils and sort of burst and explode them. Uh, and also like your blood, I think, veins outward like red ivy and starts to spread across all of it. Uh, and Shuhai goes, what? What are you doing? What? No. What have you done? No. And like they're trying to like, like rip your blood out of like the swirling wind wall of magic. But it's like trying to remove dye from water after you've dyed it. Oh, this is my favorite thing that I've ever done in my whole life. Uh, since Oka now has a bloodbending feature, I can also control my own blood. And now that I'm in the spell work, because that is the crux of all of Oka's magic, right? Like they understand blood and necromancy and the divine triptych and the way that blood navigates those three things innately through literal spell work. So they're gonna try to tether themselves into the spell so they can understand it. Roll a D100. Oh, never mind. No guidance or for me, buddy. Or saw you. <laughs> Twenty-one. Okay. As you try to 
command your blood within this swirling vortex around Shuhai. You also hear Dr. Luso go, uh, uh, Oka, no, that's, oh, that's dangerous. Uh, that's bad. Uh, and Shuhai is also going, stop, what have you done? No, what have you done, you fool? And they lock eyes across this, like, swirling webwork of magic, like, past it, your own blood mixed in with it. You lock eyes, and that's the last thing you see before the world explodes. This all right. Good episode, everyone. It's good to you see all die. you. Have Goodbye. A great that's day. the end of <laughs> that's the end of Jukai. Bye bye. Uh, <laughs> this dome we see almost from like above the tower. This dome of emerald green magic, now webbed with crimson red blood, shimmers and shimmers and expands. Uh, like almost like a nuclear reaction going off, just gets. Big, 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 big. And like this bright emerald and crimson light swallows the top of the tower, like goes up, goes up, goes up. And even as you see the stars systematically begin to vanish, this light swallows up oblivion as well and pushes, like sweeps down the slope. This hill of Kinongbo swallows these bamboo trees, swallows everyone at the party, just this wall of white obliterating everything, like pushes past, like swallows all of the abandoned residential homes built on stilts slanted against this sloped hill uh, all the way down, down, down to the base of this mountain, even swallowing up people dancing on stages and eating takoyaki uh, and walking through the main road. All of this is just vanished within this solid green heaving light interwoven with crimson thread and then a pale sky, a chilly breeze, the smell of earth, snow, chicken feathers, a cottage sitting on the edge of a gulch, the straw shingles of its roof fluttering in the wind, and Oka, Manaya, Dewey, and V stand upon a wooden porch looking different, younger, less scarred, Dewey's cargo shorts are covered with dust. V wears a vest and a Kelly green tie. Manaya's trench coat is black and long. And Oka's hair is shorter, much shorter, almost like a buzz cut, and they look very unwell. There is a noise, like the sound of an explosion being played in inverse. And I think ex exploding, or rather imploding into existence, are all of you. Oka, Sitlali, Voska, Dewey, Mercy, and Shuhai. All of you just bam, like drop out of nowhere, out of reality. You ribbon into existence, little eddies of your own molecules solidifying around, I think, like a, a an almost fallow bed of, of what used to be carrots uh, in front of the homestead. Your body's translucent and ghostly, just like they were in that fractured memory of the silent grove. And as you all plop onto the ground, I think your body's thudding hollowly against this memory, this echo of a memory, this fragment of a, of a personal subconscious stream. Uh, all of you see Shuhai, who's also ghostly. Like when they slam onto the ground, they let out a, oh, and popping out of their chest is a rabbit. And the rabbit is not ghostly. The rabbit looks corporeal. It looks solid. It has these bright eyes and this very soft tufted fur, these long hair-like ears, and these tiny little nubbin antlers uh, coming out of its forehead. 
and Shuhai <gasps> gasps, completely ignoring like the past versions of Okamanaya Dewey and V on the porch. They like sort of like start to stagger up to a stand. <gasps> Sen. And they start to run after the rabbit, ignoring all of you. What do you all do? Oka, who I feel like is probably equidistant from Shuhai, hears Sen, sees Shuhai dive, and it's like their feet are moving before they even know what they're doing. Like baseball skid slide to the same spot, trying to, trying to gra- grab Sen? Uh, yeah, looking at that rabbit, you just, all of you feel, even like Sitlali, who's not a paragon, right? Even you and Mercy feel like the weave just wobbling and rippling and sort of like doing like a kind of like miasmic dance around this rabbit. Like this rabbit is like a massive black hole in the fabric of reality, sucking everything toward it, exerting pressure, but also vacuous energy at the same time. Yeah, it feels like a gut shard, all right. Unlike the crackling, heavy, copper-tang presence of Vinash, Sen's presence is swirling like an eddy, an ever-turning wheel within a wheel. Like, as you get close to it, you almost feel like you your body might dis- discorporealize and turn into these, like, long horizontal stripes that rotate it, right? Like it's a black hole pulling things apart and making them swirl around it. And Shuhai dives for it, and Oka dives for it. What did the rest of you do? Question. Are they just diving along the ground, like chasing a rabbit in this space, or have they gone somewhere else from the immediate vicinity? The former is correct. Sen is in the middle of hopping over like a low fence, like just a, like impossibly high hop for a rabbit, but it goes up like in a perfect, like, like inverse of a parabola, like, mm-hmm. and like hops over it and like lands. Bosca is going to be extremely cheeky because she does not like how Shuhai has been treating Oka, especially with the kindness that um, her predecessor showed her. Um, Pulls out her flute and puts it underneath her lips and plays this very light-hearted tune, almost whimsical, as she casts Enhance Ability on Oka, Cat's Grace. You have advantage on dexterity checks and you don't take damage, falling from 20 feet or less. And it's just kind of like this whimsical, Ghibli-like tune of when you were to watch a cat like flitting about between different spaces and that's what she's just playing and you see this like ghostly form of a cat just Linger on her shoulder and like hop between each of the different people and then landing on Oka. And I think despite how focused they are as the magic kind of swirls around them, Oka also kind of like does a very graceful jump for the kind of scramble that they are currently normally often doing. And I think they like almost look over their shoulder and their double pupils are, there's still two in each eye, but I think they look like a cat's pupil now, like both of them, uh, as the magic like kind of takes hold on them as they jump forward. Oka Catboy confirmed. Okay, what is Sitlali doing as this mad scramble initiates? First taking psychic damage from you. I think Sitlali and Mercy are just kind of standing there like, Heads both cocked to like the same direction, just like, huh? Paragons are just kind of like this. Okay. C is like, I think enough of a gap between Shuhai and 
Sen and Oka, and just like casually, very quickly draws some, a very sharp-looking uh, sigil in the air. And was like, "Hey, babe, check this shit out." Pushes it and casts Blade Barrier between Shuhai and Oka and Sen. Oh my God, what does that look like? Uh, so. It's a wall of whirling razor sharp blades that are, of course, pink, purple, like all of basically the colors of Salali's hair, all of it. Uh, it's 20 feet high, five feet thick, and 100 feet long. Um, so run, bitch. These ghostly, multicolored blades swirl into existence, almost like a thorn barrier, but comprised of like literal cutting edges. Uh, and Shuhai, I think, turns and spins to a graceful halt in front of it as this like a hundred foot long barrier, separate, like 20 feet high, like looming tall, 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 rippling into existence. And Shuhai, without even having stopped, using the momentum of them drawing a circle through the dirt of their body, you see like their robes flutter and they spring up into the air. Uh, and as they do, you see their form gracefully melt uh, into that of a, I think, flying crane. Like, they sort of elongate, they become elegant and beautiful, they transform, you see these feathers ripple outward, and they flap once, twice, up and over um, this blade wall. And as they, like, like pinion and dive downward toward where Oka is hopping with grace-like dexterity over to Sen, the rabbit, who's like hopping from log to log to rock to tree, like all across the homestead. You see this uh, graceful crane-like form start to transform into something lithe and feline and muscular and long as Shuhai starts to transmogrify into another beast to uh, beat Oka's speed almost. While this is happening, Dewey, what do you do? Dewey, I think from the very beginning, got distracted looking at those people in the distance. Hey, isn't that, uh, that looks like us. Hey, Oka. Then he looks back, I suppose. And there is, what does Shuhai look like now? A tiger drops onto the ground, like a dire tiger, massive, muscular, powerful, right? Snarling right at the whiskers, just bristling with teeth and these dark obsidian stripes along an orange body, uh, except that one eye looks like Oka's eye, right? With like the blue sclera, those two double black pupils. And the other eye, every time the tiger blinks, changes from a tiger's eye to a swan's eye, to someone else's eye, or to a green eye, to a human eye, just flickers between different kinds of irises. I think as the blade barrier goes up, Oka does a cheeky little car, like a cartwheel over one of, cause they are actually like intimately familiar with the homestead now. They know where things are. So they hop off of like the rock that they sometimes eat lunch at. You know what I mean? They like cartwheel over it and like give a kind of smug little like cheeky smile as, uh, but then the, then Shuhai turns into a crane and they're like, oh fuck. Uh, and they focus on trying to get to Sen as fast as they can. And I think they even like go past the like door to the homestead and they kind of like do a double take as they see themselves like days after the cataclysm, like doing the thing where they're like definitely sulking and definitely like a little hungover, like on the porch and they kind of see themselves and they're like, nope, okay, Sen, and they keep going. Dewey, how are you, uh, how are you responding to that? I think they're too far away from Dewey to do anything at this point. So he, he sort of just like sidles up to like Vasca and Zalali and Mercy, uh, to watch these shenanigans go down. And he's like looking from this nonsense back up to Mercy 
and then back and forth. Just like, so should we, should we go and check? This seems... They're both stubborn mules. They need to get this out of their system. Godshard on the loose! Uh, and Mercy draws her greatsword and starts hoofing it, right? I think one the other hand grabs onto Silali's hand because she's not going to let you out of her sight. And she's like tugging you along and is like running, running past like the blade barrier. Babe, don't, don't stab the Godshard. Whatever you Woo! do, don't stab uh, And the <laughs> Mercy is also like hoofing it, trying to catch up. Uh, and I think we pan forward to that tiger and Oka and the Godshard of Sen just hopping, hopping, hopping. The tiger <laughs> catching up very fast. This tiger is speedy, Oka, even with your like cat-like grace as you're taking the shortcuts, like bouncing from rock to tree to fen to whatever, right? Like the tiger is just, you hop over uh, like thorn bush and Shukai just barrels through it, right? Just completely like just goes form just going through it like little bits of like thorn I think stuck to their whiskers and then you see in front of you maybe only at this point 15 feet away of the hopping little rabbit form of Sen uh, spring up 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 into the air in this beautiful curve and then uh, disappears into a rabbit hole this is embarrassing absolutely no questions asked Oka dives face first into the hole that's what she said. Bonk. Make, make an acrobatics check. Okay. I am pretty good at acrobatics. Uh, 17. Rolled a seven, oh, no. even with advantage. Are you gonna jump, oh, both no. jump at the same time? I also rolled a wall. 17. You go uh, the No lie, no lie. Uh, so the two of you, as you jump, uh, the tiger like sort of like pauses just to wiggle like its haunches and then also springs forward massively. Uh, and the two of you dive face first into that tiny little rabbit hole. Uh, the tiger's huge girth, like bumping up against your like slender, more dexterous form. And as that happens, you're like riveting at each other, like your hands and claws scrubbling into the dirt. Uh, the two of you feel the world, the dirt around you fold up like a knapsack and your ants on knapsack and it just all, like you see like the dirt on your left and, and on your right the earth just rise and curve like a sphere and like you feel almost like reality that's bent like a teardrop up and around you uh, springs back down with a boing 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 and you are no longer on the homestead you are in an office uh, a plain nondescript office with no windows just four bare walls a desk two chairs and sitting in one chair is Dewey from a lifetime ago. Cargo shorts, glasses, drooping pale gray feathers that haven't been upgraded yet. And sitting in the other chair is a woman. An elf with these long drooping ears, pale limpid skin, straw white hair hanging lifelessly around her shoulders like it's tired of growing out of her scalp. Her eyes are watery, translucent almost. You can't tell if they're white or blue. These dark bags hang under her eyes. This is the most tired woman any of you have ever seen. Even so, she wears the most pristine black suit with a dark red shirt underneath the collar popped open to reveal a bony clavicle and Dewey as you and Oka and Shuhai and Sitlali and Mercy and Voska all arrive in this space in ghostly version 
You watch as your former boss, the president of the URL, Lilith, shuffles a stack of papers on her desk. <sighs> there are uh, rumors about you, Mr. Quirk. Interesting rumors indeed about what you've been up to in hardware. The kinds of people you've been associating with? Uh, I mostly just talked to my colleagues. Um, I, I know, I'm sorry about the office party. Um, I wasn't at, I know it's a mandatory. Um, I had to talk to, I had to go visit my family. Um, but really, I, I mostly just talk about work with my co-workers. Mm, yes, well, your presence was missed at the office party. You missed the gift bags. Uh, do you know this woman, Cardu? And she slides like a black and white grainy photograph across the table of a, like a doggerotype uh, of someone you recognize very well, a half-elf investigative journalist, Edbuta Birala. Uh, this photograph looks like it was taken from like a distance, almost with like a zoom lens or something, and she's like exiting a tea shop, right, looking down the street. Uh, I, I've never seen that person in my life. Who is that? Oh, that's fascinating, Mr. Quirk. And as she says fascinating, she pushes a second black and white photo across the across the desk, and it's one of you on one side of, like, a tea table, and then Buta Birala on the other side, like, taken from across the street, right? Like, talking to each other, and it's, like, a busy, too long in street. And I think the awkward smile on Dewey's face uh, fades very slowly. Um, Is this what you were doing when you were visiting family? Is that your wife? There's a long pause, and Dewey doesn't answer the question. Um, but then he looks up sort of timidly. He says, he makes eye contact with her and says, What have you done with her? Miss Barella. Mm. That's none of your concern, Mr. Quirk. What is your concern is, of course, the goodie bag you missed at the office party. And she reaches into like uh, a shell, like into a drawer by her desk and pulls out like a little like wrapped up like present. Small enough to fit in the palm of your hand. And she slides it across the desk to you. Please try it on. What, what did you do? What did you do to her? Don't you know it's rude to refuse a gift from your employer, Mr. Quirk? Open up the gift and we'll talk. Goes to open the bag. You open up the bag, there's a little, like, um, box within it. You take out the box and you unwrap it, and sitting in a cushion of velvet is a beautiful watch. Nice, like, leather straps, like a beautiful, elegant, carved silver watch face. But what's interesting about this watch is there's no minute and second uh, an hour hand. It's just sort of like a blank watch face uh, with, like, a single, with a single arm and no, like, swatches along, along the face. What is this? 
What do you want from me? It's a watch, Mr. Quirk. Perhaps it will help you mm, punch in on time more consistently. Why don't you try it on? There are clocks everywhere. I have like four of them on my desk. I Try it on, Mr. Quirk. Uh, and do a sort of... He doesn't undo the clasp. He just sort of holds it to his wrist to see, to like, sort of look at the fit. And Lilith raises two slender bony fingers and snaps. And the straps tighten uh, and click into place, like perfectly around your wrist. What the hell? And as soon as the clasp tightens around your wrist, uh, on the click, exploding uh, out of Dewey's hand uh, from that wristwatch is a rabbit. Uh, it springs up into existence, ballooning into the air. Sen, as it just sort of goes up like a gazer uh, and like flies up, 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 up. Like it's like the tops of its ears brush against the ceiling and it lands in the middle of the room uh, in the center of where Shuhai, Oka, Sitlali, Present Dewey, and Voska are standing. Sen. And Shuhai, without another word, dives for it. I think while all of this had been going down, Oka, like, I imagine we had blipped in here at some point or folded into, like, folded into this reality after, like, and Oka kind of got up. You know, they had been looking around for Sen, and I think eventually, like, like opened one of the filing cabinets and was, like, leafing through it, but had, like, paused to watch this whole exchange and had, like, looked at Dewey, like, that's how you got the bomb watch? What was I supposed to do? Hey. Is that just normally how they give office presents? Oh, fuck! Uh, and Oka dies for it, too. I love that. Yeah, as Oka, you and Shu- Shuhai had also been looking through filing cabinets, like, in a ghostly form. And even as, like, the objects in this room had moved, neither past Lilith nor past Dewey seemed to notice at all. So, like, whether or not this is, like, a real point in time or just a memory or maybe a mixture of both or neither is up in the air. But that's beyond your concern right now. Uh, Sen hops up as you dive, like, out of your grasp, right? You do, like, a baseball skid and your hands, like, go, like, clasping over air as Sen just jumps up in, in, in spring into the air and Shuhai bumps like heads against you. Uh, Shuhai is no longer a tiger is like an in-person form again. Ugh. Uh, Asen springs up onto the top of a filing cabinet. I think as Oka clonks head uh, fuck! A uh, bad dog! Which I think is a hounds maneuver from the monster hunting group. If a monster escapes the trap that we've laid, bad dog means the dog is loose. Uh, and I think it initiates some kind of like action to get the monster that's out of the trap. Yes. So that's what Oka shouts. Is they kind of I think like they push Shuhai's face down, you know, oh, just sure. like uh, a kid on a playground, like, like you know? into the carpet. Yeah, yeah. And on Bad Dog, Mercy hair trigger reaction. She throws her sword at Sun. She like throws the great sword through the air, and I'm gonna make an attack roll. Natural 20! Oh my god! Oh my god, okay. Uh, so... Can I... I don't know if I can normally do this against people that are my friends, but, um... Sentinel at Death's Door, 
Uh, as a reaction, when you or a creature you can see within 30 feet of you suffers a critical hit, you can turn that hit into a normal hit and, and cancel any critical effects because grave clerics. So, um... What does it look like as you interfere with Mercy? Like, like a per- It looks perfect. Like, sends back his turn to where Mercy is. Like, it's sort of, like, grooming itself and, like, its ear is flicking and Mercy is just going, bad dog! And throws it. Is it and a just, javelin? Like, Fuck, you're right. You're right. It's not her great sword. It's one of her javelins, right? Like the poison tip javelin. She hawks it through the air and it starts to right towards Sen. So, Sitlali, how do you disrupt this crit? I think Sitlali just kind of like reactionally, involuntarily, like reaches a hand out, grabs onto part of the weave and says no and just stops it midair. <laughs> the javelin just pauses, and that gives Sen enough time to hop around, notice this, like, javelin spinning in midair, like, inches away from its little rabbit face. It looks at, like, cocks its head to the side, hops up onto the point of the javelin, springs off of the javelin, does, like, a double double somersault through the air, and phases through a wall. What? I... Zabali, what? I... I had it! I said... Don't kill the god shard. One thing. Just one thing, babe. Oh, just one. oh like, like one of my javelins could kill the fucking god shard of Sen. Oh. Have you Mercy, met a god shard? Bad dog means trap it. Bad dog running means kill it. Oh, Come right. On, babe. You're getting, babe, you're right, I forgot that. Baby. The wall. Uh, and Mercy like turns to the wall that Sen phased through. Shuhai dives through it. Shuhai is gone. Shuhai just immediately turns and runs like str- like breakneck pace straight for that wall. Like they're not even scared they're gonna like bump into it and they don't. They phase through it as well. It's like a, the opposite wall from where Dewey and Lilith are seated at. And I think Sitlali just turns and looks at Oka and just says, go and cast freedom of movement, AKA slippery bastard. Um, so, uh, your movement is unaffected by difficult terrain, spells and other magical effects can neither reduce your speed nor cause you to be paralyzed or restrained, uh, and you can spend five feet of movement to automatically escape from non-magical restraints, and also being underwater imposes no penalties, which is neat. Uh. At that same time, as soon as Sitlali says that, Vasca looks at Oka and just goes, Trim what you're made of. And... Uh, gives you a bardic inspiration. I love my- I heart my support classes. Uh, Oka, I think, kind of scrambles up off the ground, uh, and takes off. I think they hurdle over this Dewey memory, as I think, like, memory Dewey was starting to stand up. Oka hurdles over them, uh, and goes for the wall, too. And Oka, you glide right through it like it's the surface of a pool. Like, you're just- you're just gone. It shimmers and you're gone. Uh, this this catches Dewey's attention. He was looking at himself, and then Oka runs through it, and his eyes follow, and he's like, Wait, no, no, that's her private bathroom! You can't go in there! Uh, and then sort of looks back at Vasca and Sitlali and Mercy, like, We can't just let them go by themselves, right? Mercy has grabbed onto Sitlali's hand, grabs the javelin still suspended in the air, and is pulling both through the wall. Sitlali lets it happen and is also kind of like, how did I do? 
that? What's, hmm, having a moment of magic, what? <laughs> what do you mean? I just assumed you could always do this, but never did. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a magic person. Let's get that god shard. Rabbit time. Uh, and Mercy's like hurtling, <laughs> hurtling through. Bosca will, if Dewey allows, take Dewey's hand and just lead them through. Because we got things to do, but does give like a sympathetic look of like we don't have time but i understand <laughs> yeah do we uh as they're as vasco grabs his hand and pulls him through the wall he takes one last glance at uh, his old self standing there with the watch uh do you're the last to phase through the wall vasco goes through like pulling you sympathetically you do one last glance over your shoulder and you see yourself with the bomb watch on like stuttering and stammering in like shock like not knowing what's happening and like lilith's steepled fingers propped under her chin her like head cocked to the sides with a very slight smirk on her pale face and then you see her like limpid eyes flick past memory dewey and fix onto you present dewey and that smirk freezes and she cocks her head to the side and before you're pulled through dewey you hear her go my 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 i'll see you after adolin and you're gone uh and all of you now hurdle not into Lilith's private bath, but into a hallway, a vast hallway, much more space than that office, marble floors, wooden walls, a thick tongue of red carpet. A statue of some ancient hero is nestled in a stone-hewn nook, a placard inscribed in a language long since dead. The smell of snow, winter, ice, a ceiling vast and vaulted, wooden ribs holding stained tile aloft. And the first thing to pop through one of the uh, walls is Sen. Pop, hop, 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 and then pops through like phases through the opposing wall. And then Shuhai and Oka hurtle through it, uh, like neck to neck shoving at each other, running, running, sprinting, and both of you also hurtle through like the opposite wall, because that's where you saw Sen. And then like Sitlali, Vaska, Mercy, and finally Dewey also like stumble through this hallway. And like Mercy takes a beat to be like, where the fuck is this? Ah, Oka! And like, ru- like keeps running and like phases through the opposite wall as well. And I think like this, mo- this moment is like really fast. All of you just sort of like hurdle like perpendicular across this corridor and you're past the wall again. Um, and now that you're past this hallway, you all sort of stagger and stumble onto sand. Uh, you all sort of hear like the rushing salt slick pull of waves in the near distance, a shoreline, the sound of laughter, music, distant partying. Bacchanalia Beach, Galtanger, bobbing on the horizon, painting the water as red as blood. Mercy on the shore, a second Mercy, younger, hair shorter, less scarred, smaller even, looking. And standing opposite her, Atalanta, the proud tiefling triton, horns curving from a strong blue brow, green hair cascading past her shoulders, and next to Atalanta, Vasca, 
not yet Paragon, younger too. Vasca, you're younger here too in this memory. The waves of Ingir Lake washing up onto the shore, the smell of fire and fun and frenzy and carnival all across the salt-licked sand. What's different about you? What does younger Vasca look like? I think younger Vasca is uh, dressed perhaps a bit more modestly. Um, there are a little bit more robes uh, covering her. Um, the gold and black accents are not as strong. They are peeking through in little threads of design, but not as bold as it is for her currently. Her hair, a little longer, not as cropped as an undercut. Um, there is like the hint of, of shortness around the sides, but not as crisp as she is now. And it kind of sits wavy against the side of her face. And she is not standing as tall as Vasca does now. There's a This younger Mercy with shorter hair, not so long as like a ponytail that goes all the way down. I think it's just almost like a kind of like a rough, not like a bob, but it's just kind of roughly cut. She has bangs in this version and it's like short, like almost like in her face. And she's just standing there, like looking at Atalanta flabbergasted and she's going, Atalanta, what are you saying? I don't, I don't understand. What uh, are you, are you breaking up with me? And Atalanta sort of muscular arms crossed over her half plate. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, Mercy, I am. <laughs> what? I, what? What to, to be with, with that prude? Fosca isn't a prude. And I'd appreciate it if you didn't call my partner such callous words. the fuck on, Atalanta, you, what, what the fuck, what the fuck does she give you that I don't give, but she, what, what, and I think, like, Mercy is stammering and looking between old, like, younger Vasca and younger Atalanta. In my mind, Vasca is just kind of witnessing as, like, a bystander, naive, unsure, perhaps not understanding the gravity of the situation until it happened and kind of looks over to Atalanta, maybe passively pleading of like, perhaps is, is there a gentler way to doing this? And um, kind of looking back at, Mer- at Younger Mercy and kind of just like reaches out. She's like, Mercy, I, I, I'm sorry. I, uh, per- perhaps we should all sit down and ha- have a talk. Oh, fuck you, you hoity-toity little javelin shoved up your asshole fucking princess. You know what? The two of you deserve each other. You're just have fun being Atalanta's next flavor of the week. I hope you're kinky enough for her fucking dark goddamn fucking tastes. You And Mercy goes on to say some things that I cannot replicate because I will violate various terms of services across various countries. Um, and it's just a string of, a- just on and on and on, and Atalanta's just standing there, arms crossed over her chest until she says, ENOUGH! <sighs> Mercy? 
This is why no one will ever, actually, ever truly love you. You sad. No, no, she needs to hear this, Voska. You sad, shriveled, angry, cruel, little woman. (sighs) Fuck off. And if you ever, ever insult Voska in front of me again, I will fucking kill you. Atlanta, don't need your protection. Come on, let's let's enjoy the party. Uh, and Atalanta turns and like starts to stalk off as Mercy's just standing there panting, looking like a feral animal, I think. Like her hair is hanging in front of her face. She's just panting. She looks heartbroken and furious. Young Vasca gives young Mercy one last look. Inexperienced, naive, unsure. Looks like is about to reach out a hand thinks better of it and kind of nods and walks off after Alanta. <laughs> Alright. Alright. Have a happily ever after, you two fucking lovebirds. I hope you die in each other's arms. I hope you have I hope you grow old together. And and have stupid little kids that run around telling dumb little stories and, and you're happy forever. Is that what you want? Boring fucking life. No thanks. Can't be tied down. Uh, and Mercy turns and strides off toward a different part of the party. And all of you have warped onto the beach. You've witnessed every word. Sen is nowhere in sight. What do you all do? Sitlali has a death grip on Mercy's hand. Huh. Uh-huh. Talk to me, babe. How are you? Are you? I mean, uh, you're not. What, how, what, tell me what you're. I'm here for you. What do you need? Killing Vasca is not an option. Just what, uh, <laughs> putting that one out there. No, yeah. Uh, hmm. I said all that, didn't I? Huh. I uh, forgot how bad that breakup was. Uh guess. And Mercy's looking sideways at Vasca. Older Vasca, short, cropped hair, much more dignified and confident. Vasca is stock still. I think the only movement that happened from her was, and I think maybe Sotlali would be the like one person to catch this, was her turning her head at younger self and like just light shake. But looks back at that and when Mercy's words of pain, understandable vitriol, something sinks in Vasca's chest. It doesn't stand as tall. It almost looks like there's a slight, ever so slight change, reflection of her younger self, of that kind of loss and turns around um as the corner of the eye straighten up kind of looks at everyone and it feels like everyone's gaze godshard i think that 
Oka and, if it's okay with you, Connie, and Shuhai had actually just stood there watching that whole thing. Like, you can't look away from a disaster as it's half. I think they straight up just, like, were standing Damn. there breathing in sync, like, watching that whole thing go down. And I think both of, if it's okay with you, I think both of them kind of, like, go to scratch the back of their heads in the same way. And then Oka notices they're doing that. Here's Vasca's words. Grabs a volleyball off the ground, punts it at Shuhai, and runs in a direction. Not really sure where Sam is. The the volleyball. I think Shuhai like Shuhai just dodges and it goes wide. Uh, but they like they just like tilt to the left and it goes like on the right. Uh, and they start booking it too. Uh, and I think on that like Mercy goes right. Yeah, yeah, got shard. Uh, and all of you see at the top of a sandy hill, maybe only 15, 20 feet away, not a rabbit, but a fox. A beautiful, beautiful, brownish, reddish fox. Looks like a plain, normal fox, except for the two antlers growing out of its forehead, just standing there, tail down, head corked inquisitively at your group. And Shuhai starts booking it up that sand dune. And I think they they had kind of like gone in a different direction, and I think they like kind of curve wide, you know, and they start uh, heading up the dune too. But they're so far behind Shuhai that I think they're like, okay, even with all the buffs, they're like too far behind. Um, and I like to do my favorite thing to do to get up hills fast, uh, which is I think like it's like across the sand, one foot, two foot, and then it's like their feet are like higher and higher as their wings like splay out behind them, and they take like two big uh, like. I have a, a flying speed of 60, so that's a lot faster than I am on the ground. And Oka t- like takes off fast. Ooh. Okay, I really like that. As these feathery wings splay from you and you pump, pump up and you start to soar and catch up to, you high on the ground and you even like your shadow falls over them and you start to eclipse them and like pass them, like cutting through the air. They look up. <sighs> Like they narrow their like mismatched gaze at you, uh, and you see them also start like jump up and wings break open from their back as well. Feathery white wings as well. Could you pump up once, twice, and both of you are now like flying and soaring through the air in like synchronized movement. Uh, at the same speed, diving toward this fox, which upon seeing these two massive winged awesome are changeling drow, like diving at it. Uh, the fox just sort of quirks his head to the side, like flicks the tip of its tail, turns, and sort of like wetly weaves down the sand, uh, like with this kind of like slick fluid motion. What, That's is that how foxes move? Boo. Are you? Booing one of my descriptions? Wetly. Fine! It doesn't <laughs> wetly weave down the sand. Uh, I guess sand just trots down the sand or whatever the fuck, like, normie foxes do. Normie uh, foxes! <laughs> what is this fox? <laughs> and... And as Sen gets to the bottom of the sand dune, the two of you dive down toward it. And the rest of you, I assume, are also like hoofing it from behind, like trying to catch up to Oka and Shuhai and Sen. Uh, As you all collide upon the fox, like the world around you whirls again. Uh, As you and Shuhai, I think, like just smash into each other headlong, like like skidding across the sand and sand kicks up 
and obscures your face. And for the rest of you, you see like a massive like cavalcade of sand explode up and like rain down on all of you. And it's gritty and it's raining down and it's dusty. And, oh, it's getting in your eyes. And by the time the sand hits the ground again, you are no longer on Bacchanalia Beach. Sand hits linoleum floor. You are in a cold, cluttered room. A store. Shelves upon shelves of colorful packages, strange cylinders, newspapers, and magazines written in an unfathomable tongue. There's a counter at the end of this room behind which stands a man dressed in very peculiar clothes, a crimson tunic with a tiny collar around the throat and shoulders painted yellow. Uh, the symbol of a golden shell is stitched onto his chest. All of you arrive in the space like you drop down and like I think sand litters around your feet like you were just at the beach and you deposit it here and it's like in your hair and your eyes like getting off your clothes. You're ghostly still. You're at the entrance to the store. It's cold in here. And standing in front of a glass display, maybe 15 feet away from you, uh, a display filled with these multicolored bubbling looking potions is Adam. Do I recognize this store from anywhere in particular, Connie? Yes, it is that self-same store from the vision you saw in the scrying bowl. Lolly looks around. We're not in Andake anymore. And then I think their eyes fall on Adam. Ugh, we're ghostly for him. But I think Lolly does run in and try to grab like some of whatever the the like strange liquid is and like start shoving cases of it into their bag of holding <laughs> because like, like clearly <laughs> clearly this is like at something to do with adam's base of operations with like bitcoin what is bitcoin what what is this weird con he was running in this other world world before something there's some there's something here maybe something to take back to like be helpful against Adam and like they don't know but they are very confident that this is important uh roll me a d20 natural 19 okay uh so as you try to start grabbing stuff off shelves your hands phase through like a lot of it like most of it like you're unable to affect the environment around you at all you're just swiping 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 uh uh but but I think for whatever reason, uh, your fingers catch uh, onto the edge of like a cold can uh, that's in one. Like, I think your, your arm phases through like one of the glass displays right next to Adam and it phases through it. You feel like the chill, just like almost like chill touch, like wrapping around your fingers. Uh, and they sort of like, like hold onto one of those like tall black cylinders. Uh, with that, like, like kind of like neon green sigil etched onto it, and your fingers are able to touch it for some reason. Yeah, I'm grabbing it. I'm look. I'm observing. I'm looking at it. I, and I think also like, there's the weirdness of that. But then they turn and they look at Adam again, and I think with the the strange like canister, they reach out and punch, knowing that it's not gonna land. But like, they reach out and punch, go to punch him in the face anyway. Are you trying to punch him in the face with the cylinder? Yes. Or 
Uh, okay, uh, so your hand grabbing onto the still holding the cylinder, you can feel it's kind of heavy, like it's sloshed, like filled with some sort of liquid, uh, but you don't see like a stopper or a cork at the top. It's just sort of like a tab flat against it. Uh, and as you pu- try to punch Adam in the face, both your hand and the cylinder and yourself just phase right through him. Like almost as, as like, as soon as you interacted with it, it no longer became corporeal as well. And you sort of see his, like, limpid, straggly, yellow hair in front of his face. Like, maybe, like, now that you're close enough, like, you see kind of, like, maybe, like, day-old stubble on his jaw. He's dressed in just kind of, like, a droopy, sad, gray outfit all the way down. And, like, part of this glass display is open, and he's, like, just looking at the stuff inside. And I think Sibali is just trying to, like, look at it, like, is looking at the same thing that he is with, like, high intensity and just trying to figure out, like, what type of place is this? What is, is this his base of operations? No, clearly not, because, like, the guy, they remember from the guy at the front, like, like they didn't seem to be co-workers of some, it seemed to be very transactional. So she's, like, try, she's playing, she's got the mental conspiracy board and is trying to figure out, like, the purpose of this place. Um, Yeah. Okay, uh, as you're looking around, it's overwhelming. There are just like languages, it's like written words. You recognize them as words, but they're not in any sort of language you, you understand. And Adam is just standing there, just staring into this like kind of ice box and you see him reach in and hold up a similar cylinder as yours and consider it. Uh, and while that's happening, I'd love to pan back to the rest of the party. And I want to know what the rest of you are up to. Do we? Are we in the URL right now? I, I don't know. Uh, Dewey turns around and looks out the window and sees a bunch of these strange metal vehicles. Yeah, you look out the window and it's just almost like a black, like a black field, very flat with like a really odd, ominous looking, like almost like a pavilion structure uh, hanging around with like weird like, machines uh, that have coils and um, pumps uh, and tubes coming out of them. And there's like, ve- you recognize them as vehicles, similar to the vehicles at the Derelict Death Derby, for instance, like idling at several of these machines, but there are also white lines painted on this like black field and other vehicles are right up next to the store. Dewey grabs Oka and tries to duck behind between aisles in the store. He's like, oh my gosh, I haven't seen these before, but I think this is their work. Do you? What the fuck? I don't know. Dewey. I haven't been here. Who is this what you were building? I don't know. Wasn't trying to. Who has been? I haven't been here. Who's been here? Are you trying to use me as cover right now? Shuai! And Oka's like talking in a whisper for some reason. Shuhai is striding past all of you. I think you see they're like looking between things on the shelves, right? Like trying to find the fox. Uh, They're looking around, they're striding. They were just like ghostly robes, just flapping. They're ignoring Adam. They're ignoring Sitlali, ignoring the oddness of all of this. And they're just looking. They like pick up some like those stacked various not wicker baskets. They pick up a stack and look underneath it, shake their head, put it back down. You know, they're just, they're looking. Where the fuck are we? (sighs) We're in some other reality. Isn't that obvious? It doesn't matter, though. Sen. Sen. Sen, where are you? I know you're here. Why did you bring us here? Why are you showing us this place? Every other place has had a connection with one of us, hasn't it? But what connection does this place have with our group? (sighs) That's beside the point. Sen! And Shuhai is stalking up and down the aisles. Go ahead, Voska. Mm -hmm. 
Vasca is going, I think when Vasca lands here, there's like a brief moment, a brief second, where her serpentine eyes like widen, the pupils enlarge. But then pan over to Silali and see how incredibly invested Silali is at the current situation. And will tilt over to Mercy and say, What is Silali doing? And you see that Mercy has somehow managed to pick up two packages that are like tiny in her massive hands. And whenever she moves them, they crinkle, making kind of like a crunch noise. And they have like these like weird objects uh, like on the label. And she's like looking at them. Huh? What? What is this place? Mercy. What? Huh? Huh? Mercy. Your partner. Silali. Why? Why? What is she doing? I don't know, but Sitlali! And Mercy sort of shoves past you, reminded that Sitlali is here and doing stuff, and like, like, runs up to where you are, Sitlali. Hey, hey, what are you doing? What is, what is this place? Who's that guy? That's Adam, Mercy. What? No, this that's is where not. Adam is from. Yes, it is. This is what I saw. Remember the bowl, the ivory bowl, and the, oh. and he's a, he's a con man. Remember? Wait, yeah, 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 yeah. This is, Oh, yeah. Well, but this, 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 this is where he's, he's from. from. That, guys, guys, this is Adam's home. This is Adam's home. Well, he doesn't live here. He but lives he here. Lives it's from the URL. This is he the lives in the URL. This Adam, is this is not okay. What do you mean? Adam is not. Oh, you weren't there. Long story short, Adam is not of Andake. Adam is a con man. He went through a portal and landed somewhere on a beach during the cataclysm. Whoa, um, whoa. Oh my god. Wait, sit, Lolly. Are you telling me that you came here, you, you saw this, and what you got out of that was that Adam is a con man? Yes. And that he wasn't of Andake. I said that. And Adam turns and phases, like walks through you and Mercy uh, down the aisle and puts like the basket up on the counter. And like, you see this transaction beginning to happen. When they start to speak, I would like to cast tongues on myself so that I understand any spoken language and also any creature can understand me. (laughs) Okay. Uh, You hear the gibberish turn from Adam to be like, I mean, I don't have enough on the card. Run it again. All right, I'll run it again, but... Yep, there it is, insufficient funds. Ugh, fine, fuck it, I'll put the monster back. Ugh. And, like, you see Adam take pick up the cylinder uh, and, like, walk it back toward where you are, right? Like, he phases past you again and opens it up. And you also hear the lyrics to the song that's playing just everywhere and nowhere at once in the background of this also start to fade in. Uh, and the song goes... Ain't nobody who can comfort me uh, Why won't you answer me? The silence is slowly killing me Oh yeah Girl, you really got me bad You really got me bad, bad I'm gonna get you back I'm gonna get you back Uh, and Adam starts to put the monster back into, um, the shelf and you see that like the cylinder is like black and you think of mother's blood as also being black and this being referred to as monster and the cylinder you put in your bag of holding was the same kind this might be big actually there's a tinkling noise uh as like the doors open 
and several people start to walk through the space. You all see a group of maybe like five or six people. Um, and they like, even though they come in, neither the guy behind the counter nor Adam seem to notice them at first at all. Uh, you see a group of, you see a tiefling among one of them, like uh, with horns spiraling out of her forehead. They're all dressed in like uh, leather, this kind of like black leather armor. And they have like like weapons and swords uh, strapped to their body and like other kinds of objects strapped to their body as well that none of you recognize. Uh, and four of them are holding a fifth. Uh, this man who has this sort of like um, silvery strip like over his mouth and he's just sort of going... Mm, mm, and like thrashing and struggling, but they're sort of like like carrying him forcibly like through the store, moving toward like a back room area. And bringing up the rear is a tall, broad woman uh, who's about the same like build and stature as Mercy, uh, who has like a shaved head and these like intricate black tattoos just going up like the skin of her neck, like onto like the back of her head, almost like these like circular tattoos uh, of almost like a, a cosmological system or something like against her skin and she's like bringing up the rear and sort of looking around and like they start to go into like a back room area I think Voska immediately like looks over to Silali did you see them as well? yes and they're going to open a portal and Adam's going to go through it and land on the beach and meet the chrysalis they can't see us which means that they were here, not like us. Yes. And I think Voska is going to try and look for Sen because this sounds like some fucking change shenanigans going on here. She doesn't know what's going on. There's a lot of yep. overstimulation here. A lot is going on right now. Yeah, it's overwhelming. <laughs> uh, Shuhai also clocks this all, turns, sees these people cutting through the store, and without like another word, they follow. They're like ghostly form e actually even like cut through them like they phase through this tall shaped head woman they phase through the people like carrying like the fifth man who's like struggling and they also they get into that back room area and based on how urgently they're walking okay you get the feeling they have a feeling they know where sen is uh okay hears sitlali say portal and sees shuhai starting to do that and i think in the mediary time they had climbed up onto one of like the tops of these aisles and like probably like scattered some of the bags down so that they could like get up higher and see. And I think they start like, they jump from like one to the next, to the next, to the next, uh, to try to in like also intercept and get into the back room. Yeah, totally. Uh, you jump, jump, jump. And like, we see just like the shelves sort of rattle and like little packages fall onto the ground with every spring. And then you hop down and you are able to just like Shuhai phase through these people, making their way into like a back room area. And as you step past the threshold, you see Sure enough, a portal swirling against the opposite wall. This area looks to be maybe a privy. You see what looks like maybe a toilet, like up against one wall and like a sink and a mirror, a mirror above that sink uh, that reflects all the people dragging the guy in, but not you or Shuhai. And as you come in, you see Shuhai sort of has like their their hands up uh, in front of this swirling portal, which looks like an obsidian disc uh, within it, swirling iridescent crystals and almost like little like strobes of lightning just sort of like echo outward and like strobe and pulse 
and fractal themselves, right? It almost looks like looking to the eye of like a black storm, almost, is what this portal resembles. And sort of just sitting there next to the portal, considering it, but not going in quite yet. Sen, in fox form, antlers tilted to the side as each of these people phase through it. You see, like, two, uh, you know, the tiefling who's carrying, like, one shoulder uh, steps backward through the portal and vanishes with a wobble, and, like, the other person carrying the other shoulder vanishes, like, the top half of the struggling guy vanishes through the portal, and, like, the two people, like, one grabbing onto his leg, one grabbing onto the other leg also vanish, and this, like, butch-looking, tall, broad woman is stepping up toward it as well. Oka sees Sen, glance out of the corner of their eye at Shuhai, but before diving for it, What's going on here? If you know, can you please not be a prick about it? I... I am not entirely sure. This place is as strange to you as it is to me. But there are worlds, there are realities beyond the ones we currently inhabit. Of that, I am sure. I am not so arrogant to assume that Endake is the only place that has ever, currently, and will ever exist. But this place is not our concern. This is not the home we are fighting to preserve. Step back. Let me claim Sen again. And I can protect our home for everyone. You... How? How are you going to do that? I... I must be close. I must be close to finding a way to unwrite the cataclysm from ever happening again. This... Your blood, it, it interfered, but I can, I have time. I can just set the cycle back again at the beginning of Adolin, and I'll try again and again, however long it takes until I do it. Why are we both so fucking stubborn? We try again and again and again and again, and it doesn't matter. People die in front of us because of us. You left your fellow paragons, what are they doing now? They're- You could be fucking it up for all of us! They're fine! They're- They can take care of themselves, Oka, just like I can, just like you can. They're- They are trapped, as we are, suspended in a cycle, set to repeat itself over and over and over again. The first stranger war until I return, so I must return soon, Oka, because the longer I am away, the more she learns. I don't have time for this. And Shuhai turns and dives for Sen, and Sen hops right through that portal, slips past Shuhai's fingers, and Shuhai tumbles through the abyss as well. Oh, Oka's right on their heels. As you dive through this obsidian whirling plate that is also a portal, the entire world around you just distends, elongates, and turns into these long, thick ribbons of rainbow light that just filter past you. Like you're entering some sort of like warp drive, or you're in like a long tunnel streaked with veins of different kinds of iridescent opals and minerals. And as that happens, extending outward from that back room, the same thing occurs to all of you as well. 
right? Uh, this store, this knot and dake, this home of Adam, this place beyond the now, the after, and the beyond, it all just sort of... You see colors bleed like watercolor on canvas and just stretch along, right? You see Adam's face get really, really long and just blend into everything else. Uh, you see every single part of this store and this station, this location just and turn into swirling, whirling color around your entire party. And as all of you start to hurtle through literal time and space in these long ribbons, like threads of the weave flittering past you, Oka, at the very front of it, you're just sort of like fall free-falling through space, right? Like, not down, but horizontally forward in like an odd sensation, right? As you feel your soul being tugged, magnetized towards something, attracting it. And that something is, of course, the fox with antlers, which is also Sen. You see it running, unlike the rest of you, just sort of like gracelessly flopping through the space. Sen is running, running, running. You see those antlers just sort of like tossing side to side, its big bushy tail sort of wagging from one end to another. And as it does, you see several threads moving past your face, uh, turn fat and thick and like tall and broad and turn into scenes that you witness like playing out as you try to like clamber your way through space and time towards Sen past Shuhai who's also falling horizontally. You see a tavern, laughter, the pungent smell of drink, the thumping of tankards against wood, windows thrown open to entice a breeze, the Hema Sea glittering on a shoreline, gentle slinking past a crowd with their mask on still following a giggling barmaid down a flight of stairs toward a basement and then a younger Sitlali, a younger Jeron heading up a flight of stairs toward the inn's guest quarters and a half-elf, short black hair, a streak of red through it, freckled and svelte, making their way through the crowd, a bumping into patrons going, oh, whoops, pardon, sorry, excuse me, past all of it. And as this tavern moment of the Red Lagoon wipes away, it bleeds into sort of like cresting from east to west above you, a bridge. You see a bridge ballooning into existence in this like swirling column, uh, this corridor, this tunnel of time and space. You're hurtling down toward a bridge, mossy stone, old wood, spanning the breath of the black tongue. And underneath you, you see like the, the rushing water and this bridge above you, the shivering dance of dying light over this water, the smell, it's coming toward you now on top of this swirling gale all around you, the smell of smoldering ash. The corpse of a once mighty ship, Mahu's favor, blackened and twisted. You watch it flip past all of you, twisted against the wooden dock, and sailing down this river underneath your feet, cutting a gentle V through the water in its wake is a canoe. And sitting within that canoe as it passes under this bridge are Oka, Manaya, Dewey, and V. And as this canoe also gets, I think, drawn down, down, down this river of time, a hall begins to ripple itself into existence, a mighty, vast throne room, pillars punching upward, 
a sweeping balcony, a raised dais, a golden throne, and a woman bleeding out on top of it, refracted in a dozen different locations all around you, like panels upon a diamond. Atalanta, straining against the prongs of her own trident, spearing through her chest, refracted a dozen different times in a dozen different realities, blood blooming against her chainmail, and you all sort of see running up toward Atalanta, ten different versions of the same party. Oka, Manaya, Dewey, and V huddling around her. And Oka, you remember this moment as you're soaring and sailing through time and space. You watch yourself kneel in front of this bleeding, dying woman, and you recall that Dr. Eluso was at your side. Their presence an anchor for you, but here in this memory, in this past, the doctor isn't here. And I think this memory, because it is tethered both to Oka and to Vasca and to Dewey, who recalls this, it stays for a little bit longer. Vasca stops, frozen, just absentmindedly, mind gone, logic gone. She follows her heart, pulling, pulling, pulling her chest closer and closer to the throne. She steps trepidatiously. It starts off as weak, walking, and then it, it breaks to a slight jog, and then she slides upon her knees right by Alanta's arm upon the armrest of the throne. Vasca, as soon as you take a step out of this whirling swirl, you get the sense you're you're mid-transit here, right? What you're seeing is almost like you're like in the middle of like a cylindrical, horizontal, domed amphitheater, and it's like you're watching the scene play out on a projection, but as you try to approach it, uh, the transit destabilizes, right? And we see this thing begin to turn 3D, like the 10 different versions of the story playing out begin to meld together, and all of you hear Shuhai go, no, no, we're so close to getting sent, God, God damn it! Uh, as Vasca, you step forward, and you cause the scene to collapse inward, and actualize around you. Um, and all of these different versions of Atalanta bleeding out meld into a single one, and boom, there she is. You're in the throne room now. You're no longer traveling. Uh, Atalanta on the throne, blood staining her chainmail. Oka, Manaya, Dewey, V huddled around her. Shuhai stumbles forward ghostly. Uh, uh, Sen, Sen, and just completely ignoring what's happening here, starts to like look behind pillars, look around the space. But the rest of you get a moment, and Vasca, you step up toward Atlanta. What did the rest of you do? I think Oka's impulse is to like go after Shuhai again, 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 in the wake of their <laughs> legacy's footsteps, again, again, again. But they realize where they are. And I think they like take one step after Shuhai and then like look back toward the throne. And I think they just kind of slowly sidle up behind Vasca. And beside Vasca, past Oka, I think like has their hands on Atalanta's body and is like taking on her pain and ceasing it within her own body, like trying to figure out what's going on, realizing that she has bled out too far but stopping the pain. This like young, this slightly younger Oka, like just to your left, I think. I think this is like the first time you see a disheveled, desperate 
Vasca as her hands, her ghostly hands, clamor around the armor and wound and Atalanta's hand and her neck and her face going through it each time. And then her hand is on Oka's, younger Oka's. Something twitches, a realization. She's silent, but her eyes are still upon the fading glaze upon her lover's gaze. You helped. I tried. Was she in pain? And she's, you see Vasca's ghostly hands touch Atalanta's fallen face. And Oka considers themselves. No. I made sure it was painless. And Oka, if you were to tilt your head to look at Vasca's visage, streams of frozen tears mark her face, staining her scales, freezing them solid. As she reaches out to Atalanta, just listening to the last things that she's saying, just every desperate moment clinging onto it, her other hand on parable. And Atalanta, upon that throne in her final moments with like younger Oka, pressed over her wound, trying to make this last experience for her painless. She shudders. Her eyes are struggling to focus to stay open. Her mouth is red and full with her own blood, determined to get her last words out to someone who can carry on a message for her. Tell Vasca I love her. At that moment, Vasca breaks into a mewling cry as she just sobs and sobs and looks at Oka, looks at Atlanta, crabs Parable, and Connie, if you will allow me, I'm about to do some shenaniganry over here. Okay. Yes, I will. Go ahead, what are you trying to do? She just swings Parable helplessly within her hand, absentmindedly like an incense sensor, with one hand and her other hand upon Atalanta's chest as she is weeping and crying and it creates a song as she tells a story hoping against all hope that maybe Parable's tale weaving might let Atalanta know the truth. Would you like me to make the roll now or tell the story first? Tell the story first, then roll. Let's do it. Let's play with fire. Vasca starts a story off with a young woman, two young women meeting upon the shores of Nabal, one playing a flute, the other practicing their combat arts. Next, they walk through fields of green mountains, and then on the streets of Nabal, purchasing grilled meats. And then one hand touches the other, grazing against it gently. Eyes lock, 
and it happens, the magic of love. And then it is a, it is a tale of snapping sounds between tridents and flute. And then heartbreak as the stars disappear, as fears enter her mind, Voska turns away, leaving a shadow behind, weeping and screaming and roaring. And then it is the here and now. I stand here before you, my hand to your chest. All that I hope to know and all that I will ever be is my love for you. I love you. To my dying day and to oblivion, I love you. And what would you like to try to do, Vasca? I want to weave my tale so that the story of Vasca's love, hopefully, if this illusion holds true, might somehow reach Atlanta. Somehow, even if a whisper upon the wind, a glint of a memory in the far corner of the room, anything. Okay, roll for it. Um, I was joking in my head. That was a natural 20. I'm taking a photo of this. I'm sorry. A photo needs to be taken. To commemorate this moment? <gasps> That's a 35 performance check. You're you're using Parabo's mechanic, right? Yeah. Okay. So read what happens on a nat 20. I'll read the ability so people know what's going on. Once per long rest, you may attempt to weave a tale into reality by swinging Parable. Tell a story about the world you want to be true and make a performance check. On a 19 and lower, the story manifests as a powerful but temporary illusion. On a 20 to 29, choose two additional effects. The illusion is indistinguishable, indistinguishable from a real thing, it lasts a long time, or it's autonomous. On a 30 plus, an aspect of the story becomes real. Wow. <laughs> the dice have spoken! Gay love triumphs <laughs> overall! Okay, so... Bosca, you tell the story, and I think as you speak, we see these memories, these illusions, like, come out of parable and, like, weave themselves around you. Like, all of you see, like, ghostly light forms emanate out of how Vasca is swinging parable, almost like subconsciously, right? We see these two forms twined together, Vasca and Atalanta. We see their story of love and heartbreak and hope and grief in the face of apocalypse. And Atalanta, on the throne, her dying eyes fixed on Oka, right? Bleeding out for a half second, her brow furrows, and her eyes flick past Oka and lock onto your face, Vasca. And there's a moment where she inhales her last breath, seeing your face. You know, you know this to be true, Vasca. She saw you. She saw you somehow. You've rewritten time with love to reach across space to find her in this moment. 
and you see her mouth start to form your name. And then Shuhai exclaims, There you are! And interrupting this moment, dives forward upon a fox uh, that springs out from behind a pillar. And the world warps away. And Vasca, you see Atalanta just fall down like she's going down a well. Her face just becomes small. Her eyes are fixed on you. She, her, her mouth hasn't said your name yet, but you see that beef brimming on her lips and boom, she's gone. And as the world continues to spin, just like various different like realities are just fluttering and shuddering all around, around, around. You see like a, mm, let's see, you see like a, a cavern sort of shimmer into existence, like a big blade of a cavern. No, it's not a cavern. It's a it's a demiplane. Uh, no, it's a back room uh, to a magic store. All endless expanse and piled crates. The weave tensing all around you like a sore muscle. And you all see a younger Dewey in cargo shorts uh, backing away from a tall, imposing Loxidan woman who's kind of like twitching and shifting and contorting. Uh, her, her trunk is sort of like smashing back into her face and her ears are big, flat, like locks it in ears like shaped like lotus leaves are sharpening her arms are thinning out her stature is shrinking until she's no longer locks it in person but a demon a dog-headed man with a grinning maw bristling full of razor sharp teeth and the myriad we all see advances upon dewey uh, in this like swirling memory and then that memory is wiped away replaced by a garden chrysanthemums, the chill of late fall, a hawthorn tree, branches twisted in painterly beauty, the memory of autumn clinging to its withering leaves. We see an outstretched hand, fingers going up, up, up toward the sky, a veiled face tilted up toward the horizon, black hair flowing down past royal robes, and we see the first snowflake of winter falling down from a sunless atmosphere, down, down, down toward the emperor's outstretched fingers. And we also see a shadow lurking behind a hedge, swirling around all of you like a cyclone, gloved fingers tightening around a hammer, a breath, a step, a noise like a bell collapsing, a chisel flying through the air and then bone, gasp, shatter. Blood splashes across virgin snow and the Paragon Killer, victorious, stepping forward, bronze mask shining darkly. And then the Emperor rising, turning, robe stained with blood, eyes changing, skin shifting, Oka brimming up out of their throat to say, Hey bitch, me again, let's dance. And on Oka turning to face Tarnok, swirls again until we find ourselves all around us, surrounded by a frozen lake, deep in the maw of winter. The sound of screaming, chaos, ice cracking, splitting, frigid stitches bursting, water surging upward, columns, pillars of boiling heat punching toward a starless, vacuous sky. The shrieking of ice, the thundering of feet, the shaking and booming of frozen tectonic plates, cracking, sinking, gushing into roiling water, Bolshaya disintegrating. 
A lightning bolt of darkness streaks across this ice, splitting it open, marvelous, glowing structures and tents collapsing into steam-hot water, the snarling of monsters? In this new, strange darkness, the, the rending of, 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 what is that, flesh? The crunching of bone? The smell of blood and ice and snow and all of you see sort of in the middle of it all, almost like a camera sweeping down to, to fixate on one person in particular, Jerron screaming soundlessly into the howling abyss around him, collapsed on his knees on the precipice of this chaos of surging, bubbling, boiling water all around him. We see that his arms all the way up to the elbow, his hands are plunged into the murk, his flesh rippling in pain, the smell of burning skin. And it keeps going. And he keeps burning. And Oka, you feel a familiar gut sensation. As Jaron stays there, hunched over the water, you flash for a half second, for a millisecond, back to the Silent Grove, when you saw yourself dying and Liangya failing to save your soul. You flash back now, and you see Jaron dying on his knees, hands plunged into boiling water, reaching for something you don't know what he's grasping for, but if he keeps going for it, he's not going to make it out of here alive. This episode of The Second Stranger was edited by Connie Chong. Transplaner RPG is proudly sponsored by at Dimitri Opines on Twitter and explaintrade.com, a negotiation skills training consultancy, because you can't ask to roll persuasion in real life. Check out explaintrade.com. Please consider giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. This helps so much with getting new listeners to find us. New podcast episodes drop every Tuesday. If you can't wait that long, tune into our live stream Saturdays at 7 p.m. U.S. Central Time on Twitch at TransPlanarRPG. Also, toss us a follow on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and YouTube at TransPlanarRPG. We also have a Patreon. Patrons get early access to episodes, character sheets, high-res art, and much, much more. And finally, a very special thank you to our Patreon paragons. Alex, Brooke Bright, Charles, Chiacres, Cora Eckert, Emma, Hat, Conde, Lex Slater, Lyle and Peanut, Purple Mouse, Riley, Scruffisus, and Target.